Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. It's that time of year. Sacraments, weddings, confirmations, first communions, and more. Sacraments connect us to Christ and are some of the most amazing moments for Catholics. How can we learn more about these important gifts? On today's episode, we'll give you six things that you might not know about the sacraments. And along the way, we'll talk about how Kevin is trying to be like Chip Gaines and what I am making or thinking about making for our son's confirmation and first communion. You don't want to miss it, so stay right here. Season 3, episode 20. Oh, yeah. We finally made it. We didn't lie. We recorded two episodes in a row without a break. It's big time for us right now. Right now. That's a heck of a streak we have going. (laughs) Big streak. It's like our snap streak, but it's our podcast streak. Two episodes. No missed episodes in this many days on the workplace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Put that on the dry erase board. (laughs) Well, we made it. Thank you for your patience. It was a little, uh, yeah, slow towards the end getting this season wrapped up. But hey, you know what? That's life. It is life. That's life. We're living it with you. Mm -hmm. So we're here and we wanted to update you a little bit. We are going to be taking our season break here season three between season three and season four basically we're taking off the month of may so it'll be four weeks off instead of six like we had originally planned just to shorten that a bit so we'll be back in june with a new season and the reason we do these breaks is one we don't want to get burnt out on the podcast that's right Mm -hmm. at two we want to make the podcast better we want to have a specific time where we evaluate the podcast after each you know set of 20. So we will be working on making the next season even better and kind of mapping out where things are going to be headed. So that's what we'll be doing. And the good news is if you need more episodes to listen to, we have a lot of episodes now. Mm -hmm. So you can go back and listen to old episodes. Combined. Yeah. Yeah. This is episode 60. Yeah. That's a lot of episodes. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. One of the ways we want to improve the podcast Ultimately, this podcast is for you. And so we want to hear from you and try to understand a little bit more what you're looking for from this podcast. So we are putting together a survey and this will be in our show notes. We have a link to the survey as well. And so we just invite you to fill that out. So we're looking for topic suggestions. Um, What do you like different segments in the show? Do you like it when we do Catholic hacks? Do you like it when we do highlights of different uh, people or organizations? Do you like our saint quotes? Is there another idea that you have that you think would be great? Uh, what episodes are your favorite? Uh, do you like it when we interview people or do you like it better when just Lisa and I talk to one another? Um, open to, you know, suggestions for guests. And um, yeah, if you put your email in that survey after you fill it out, we're going to raffle off a $20 Amazon gift card. So we truly mean it. We This podcast is for you. We create it for you. We think about you when we're doing that. And the more we can learn about you, the better we can make this podcast. So really invite you to fill out that survey. And you could win 20 bucks to Amazon because let's be honest, we could all use Amazon money. I could. 
And I thought about doing something like cutesy, like from a Catholic store or something like that. But, you know, you can buy yourself something cutesy from Amazon if you want it. If you've never seen the show notes before, it's a good time to check it out for that link. And, you know, we'll put it out on our social media as well. Um, But we're really trying to get as many people to fill out that survey so we can make the very best podcast for you. Yes, and show notes are at madetomagnify.com. You can also, they're just in the description. Everything that we put in the show notes is also in the description. So you can find the link just in your iTunes description. And there's uh, a tab on Made to Magnify that says podcast at the top. So make it real easy to find those show notes. And this will be the top one most likely when you listen to this. Um, So yeah, you can just check it out there. There you go. All right, so today we are doing how to sacraments. It is sacrament season here in the catholic church it sure is yeah that's the way i see it lots of first communions lots of confirmations tons of weddings coming up now that we're getting to the warmer weather and it's just summer's a time more for getting married so we ourselves have some sacraments coming up our son paul has um first communion and confirmation the double the double, which we'll explain why that is in a yeah. little bit here. And our goddaughter Allison's going to be getting confirmation. So it's just, it's been on our mind. So we thought this would be a good time to do an episode on the sacraments. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do six things that you might not know about the sacraments. Because we all know kind of the basics of the sacraments, right? Like the, the old Baltimore catechism definition, what is a sacrament? It's an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. And I think most of our, like, our parents would kind of remember probably in learning that Baltimore Catechism question answer. Um, But basically, it just means that it is, it's a sign, uh, the way in which we receive grace by God through some outward signs, and they were given to us by Christ. We're going to go a little deeper into this, but... And there are seven sacraments, as most of you probably know. Quick refresher, there are three that are sacraments of initiation, baptism, first communion, confirmation. There's two healing sacraments, confession and anointing of the sick. And there are two vocational sacraments, marriage and holy orders. So those are kind of things we all know. So we're going to talk about six things you might not know. That's right. Kevin, why don't you give us the first one? Number one is what the word sacrament Means. So I think we have this understanding of what sacrament means, kind of the standard definition, but I think it's fun to look at what is this Latin word and then go deeper into the meaning of sacrament. So the Latin word for sacrament is sacramentum. That's practically the same thing. It sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And probably because it derives, sacrament probably derives from the Latin sacramentum. And um, so this word sacramentum means covenantal oath. And so I think one thing that when we understand the sacraments, we have to understand that they also, uh, to understand them fully, is to understand that they are covenant oaths. So you might say, well, what is a covenant? A covenant is ultimately when we give ourselves fully over to God, and he gives himself fully over to us. A lot of times when we think through kind of our modern society, we think through contracts, like, oh, I'll pay you money, and then you'll give me like a good or services. So, um, you know, I pay money for rent. You give me a place to live. If I mess up, there's a penalty. But covenants are much more than that. Covenants is an understanding of, I'm not just going to give you rent, and you're not just going to give me a place to live. I'm actually going to give you myself. I'm going to hand that over to you, and you're going to hand yourself over to me as well. So you can see this in something like marriage, right? Like man and woman come together. They say, all right, I give my whole self to you. They actually become one family, 
And that's what God wants to do with us with sacraments as well. He doesn't want just this transaction, even a supernatural transaction. He actually wants to be a gift of self to us, to actually give us his very self to us. In return, he's not asking us just to like check in or just do the thing. He actually wants us to give our full selves to him. So something like the Eucharist, I think, really helps point this out. Christ on the cross gives up, I mean, literally his whole self. He's standing there, opened arms, giving himself to us and saying, I'm giving my life to you. And then we come up to receive the Eucharist and and we, with our own bodies, stand there and say, amen. I believe. I believe in this Eucharist and I'm giving myself to the Lord. And he's actually going to enter into me. Um, and so I think this understanding of sacraments helps us understand what's going on in that process. Um, and this happens throughout. You can think something like baptism where we become in Christ. We're actually grafted into him through baptism through his death, and then we rise again in his resurrection through that baptism that St. Paul talks about and actually become sons and daughters. Like we become one family with him. And so I think just knowing that, just knowing that that small thing helps us understand, oh, when I'm engaging in these acts, when I'm engaging in these sacraments, it's not just a transaction. It's not just grace, which is good, but it's actually more than that. I'm actually called in each one of these moments to give my life and to renew that, that really that understanding that I'm giving my life over to the Lord because he first loved me. He first gave his life to me as well. So really love that kind of hidden meaning behind sacrament because it, it gives us just a, a deeper and richer understanding of what's going on in, in those moments. And I think it's important to remember that the sacraments, well, ultimately they're a mystery. So if this is yeah. like my head hurts, I don't quite understand like how I, I get what you're saying, but like, how does that work? Like, yeah, that's part of the mystery. Like mm-hmm. that's, and that's part of what I love so much about the Catholic church that is often missing in the Protestant church is there's not that depth of sacramental understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some Protestant churches that, you know, outside of baptism or maybe, and maybe they do like communion once in a while. Right. Like there's really, there's just not a sacramental life and it's so, integral to us as Catholics it's Mm -hmm. it's like not even an option um to just be like well that's one aspect of the faith and I don't really care about sacraments right whereas you can kind of do that in some Protestant denominations um and so I just I love the richness of understanding what they really mean and the value not even value but the I mean just the lifeblood that they are Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's again, they're instituted by Christ. These are the means that he's chosen to actually allow us to be in relationship with him and to really experience him. And again, that that's a mystery and it's not easy because some days it feels like, oh yeah, I don't know. I just went up to communion. I didn't think about it. And now I'm back in my pew and I don't know. I just do this every week. But I think it's an, it, those are opportunities to, to dive in and to realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. All right, so our second thing you might not know about the sacraments and I had a really hard time figuring out how to phrase this. Um, but the sacraments of initiation aren't as set in stone as you might think. Mm, so Tell us more. Yeah. So for most of us, in at least in the United States here, we look at the sacraments and we're like, okay, so you get baptized when you're a baby. And then when you're in second grade, you have your first confession and then you have your first communion. And then when you're in late junior high or high school oftentimes eighth grade or freshman year in high school, you get confirmed. Yep. And then, you know, if you get married, then you have matrimony. And if you become a priest, then you have holy orders. And when you get sick, you have anointing the sick. And that's how the sacraments go, right? But it's actually not 
um, that's actually not the norm in the church as a whole, um, mm. nor the church as a whole throughout its history. <laughs> yeah. So, so as I was saying, my son, our son, Paul, who's nine and in third grade on Cinco de Mayo. Hey. Heyo. Uh, we should do a Mexican feast for that. I didn't plan that. We should have a taco bar or something. Taco Sundays. Taco Tuesday. It's Cinco On de Mayo. a Sunday. Anyways. <laughs> I'll probably stick with like dove chocolates and uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit fruit salad for the um, the fruits of the it spirit. It took me a little bit to get the dove chocolates, but then I yeah. honed in. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely liturgically geek out and do <laughs> some symbolic food. So Lisa, scratch Cinco de Mayo. Never mind. It's just not liturgical. Lisa Cotter, everybody. <laughs> Anyways. You be you. Yes, I will be. I'll go here. Here's a little... um highlight for you um it it is a fantastic site for food it's called catholic cuisine mm. you gotta go check out catholic cuisine if you've never been there they have all kinds of they'll have tons of recipes for me you know you know <laughs> you we haven't even started don't even think lisa is she hasn't even yeah really gone deep at all catholic cuisine will really the depth of liturgical food mad, yes. is i'll put it on instagram in case you're curious what we come up with <laughs> all right so paul nine third grade on Cinco de Mayo he will be get, he'll be receiving his first holy communion and confirmation on the same day and then the next day and this is where it gets also kind of confusing my goddaughter our goddaughter Allison who is 12 and in sixth grade will be getting her confirmation you see in Denver we just do whatever we want um that's okay, not, not quite, true not quite right so <laughs> in Denver we uh we have something called restored order and we're in the process of going restoration the restoration yeah (laughs) through the process and i know for some people when i bring this up especially i'm on the road and there's certain dioceses where you know confirmation that's what you do in high school and that's a big big thing and they get really passionate and mad and it's not like me who chose it right but i'm just like well that's just what my diocese does right like it's what my bishop has asked us to do um because they really much, they very much see like, oh, confirmation has to be for when you're a teenager and you make that choice. Yeah. But if you ask your grandparents when they were confirmed, or even my parents, or even yeah, yeah, yeah my dad, I people who live pre-Vatican II, or maybe yeah, even your yeah. dad, yeah, yeah, my dad was yeah, they were confirmed like in third grade. Mm-hmm. That was the norm, and it was after Vatican II that we changed it to confirmation came later, and then, um. Our bishop has decided he did this in South Dakota, and then now he's doing it here in Denver to restore the order, which means to put things back to how they were before Vatican II. And the reasoning Just behind it— Just in regards to the order of sacraments, not all things Vatican II. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I wear— um, <laughs> um, We're not even going to go there. So— uh, there are some beautiful traditions that are pre-Vatican II that I don't have any issues with. Um, but, yeah. yeah. So, um, so— Basically, the idea behind it was that confirmation kind of turned into this idea that it was graduation, and it was something you earned. You did your service hours, and you went to your classes, and uh, you wrote your uh, paper about your saint, and then, you know, you got your certificate, and you graduated from CCD, and you Mm -hmm. had your confirmation. Mm -hmm. Whereas what our bishop really desires and wants is for the kids to see confirmation as just a gift, It's just a free gift from God, a free gift of the Holy Spirit that's offered to us if we so choose it. And so there's no service hours, which is actually really nice for mom and dad. Um, It's 
it's been very minimal in terms of like intensity for preparing for it. Um, and two, you know, just the idea that this world is getting harder and harder to navigate. And part of confirmation is this great grace of the Holy Spirit that comes with it. And, and these, these gifts of the spirit that are, are bestowed on us at our confirmation. And so our bishops, like, why wouldn't we give that to our kids as soon as we can, as mm-hmm. soon as they are able to comprehend what a sacrament is and what they are, they're choosing just like we assume they do with confession and Eucharist. Like, why can't they also comprehend confirmation? So, yep. um, yeah, so that's what's going on there. So just to keep in mind, you know, it's not as black and white as we think. Um, there's also things, you know, like RCIA, if you've been to an Easter vigil mass, like, it actually, my son's going to be confirmed before he has his first Holy communion, (laughs) which is completely reversed. It's a matter of like a half hour between the two, but that's the first thing you do after you have your confirmation is you celebrate the Eucharist, just like in a wedding, the couple gets married. Then the first thing they do is they celebrate the Eucharist. So, um, just kind of keep that in mind. Um, the other interesting thing too, about, uh, sacraments of initiation is that in the Byzantine rites, they do all of this as infants. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, if you want to get upset about, like, well, the kids don't choose, like, <laughs> well, in the Byzantine, right? Baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, all infants. All at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, as infants. And so if you ever see a young child receiving <laughs> the host, don't judge that mom. And <laughs> be like, I can't believe her. How disrespectful. Like, they might just be Byzantine. Their baby can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, Maybe it can. So <laughs> we have some Byzantine folks at our office. Yeah, it is always like, oh, what? Oh, and they have yep. to like tell the priest, like, you need to break off a piece of the Eucharist for my baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Yep. It's yeah. In fact, some, a couple of the people who work at your office, Father Michael Laughlin's um, sibling. Sibling. Yeah. Yeah. Siblings. Yeah. Siblings um, work at Focus. So hey. Yeah. There you go. Now you know. Now you know. Now you know. Cool. Well, we, that's two of our things that you might not know about sacraments. And now it's time for St. Quotes to Live By. And our St. Quotes to Live By today is by Blessed John Henry Cardinal Newman. He says, to live is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often. I think spring typically is a time of change, right? Like we get out of uh, whatever the winter funk that we've been in. We start looking to the warmer months. I think on campus is a big time of transition that people are trying to make decisions for the next year or they're thinking about changing their major. Uh, and I know in focus, it's a big time of transition as people are deciding, do I stay with focus or do I, you know, leave campus or leave focus, do something. And so I think it's a time of, of transition and it's a time of change. So I think this quote's really perfect for that because, um, life is changed. We can't keep things the way they are. And as no matter how good they are, they're going to change. And so I think just learning the art of change is a really beautiful thing as much as we preach habits and routines, which are all good and we all need during those changes. Um, but just to embrace that change, to embrace to know that, yeah, God God is moving through time and through space and through my life as it changes and uh, trying to embrace that is a beautiful thing. So um, to be perfect is to have changed often. And that's what the Lord is ultimately going to going to do any often he perfects us through that change as well and i have both a hack and a highlight we're doing all three today it's crazy we're it's going crazy for the last episode of the season watch out not? yes want to let you all know about something fun that's happening this wednesday may 2nd uh one thing that i am blessed to be involved in here in denver is a lot of projects reformed.org 
which is a real gift and an honor to get to be a part of a lot of their video series. And their latest series, Presence, is coming out really soon. And you can find me in those episodes. And on Wednesday, May 2nd, we're doing a live event on form.org. Myself, Dr. Tim Gray, who is the president of the Augusta Institute, and Krista Fonick, who you are likely familiar with. If you're not, you got to go look him up because mm. he's he is a bucket of fun. He's a real life Catholic. <laughs> that is true. So the three of us will be doing a live event on formed.org Wednesday, May 2nd. I should have written down the time, but um, go to the website, check it out, because uh, you have to go to the website to get onto the thing anyway. And check out Presence. Uh, they just do fantastic sacramental mm-hmm. series. If you've not seen them, they have one for baptism. Uh, just reborn. Uh, baptism is yep. reborn, yep. Um, they have one on confession, forgiven. And then they have Matrimony Beloved, which Kevin and I are both in Beloved. Hey, I, yes. I don't have any speaking lines in Beloved, but <laughs> I am, in fact, running in that episode. He's in the back roll. It's a lot of fun. I always say I'm eye candy, you know? <laughs> they just brought me in for eye candy. Yeah. So they'll eventually, I think, do all seven of the sacraments, but this is the fourth one coming out presents. So go check that out. And uh, and Simblon, our CIA. Did you say that? No, I did not. But that's not a sacrament one, really. And I'm really, I'm excited for your, your that's going to be fun with Chris and Tim and yourself. And as I tweeted today, I'm going to be like Chip Gaines cheering for Joanna Gaines. I don't know if anybody saw that, but <laughs> Joanna released her new cookbook and Chip like got in the crowd and acted like the women who were really excited to see and Joanna like Gaines and started, America. yeah, like yeah. on Good Today Show and just like started screaming like a little girl. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, anyways, that's the way I'll be on Wednesday for your, uh, your event with Tim and Chris? I think it's going to be a little more chill than that, but... <laughs> yeah. You'll be good. You're fun. I try to be. All but right. what that was our highlight, but what about our hack? Our hack. Our hack is a sacramental gift idea. A lot of times when it comes um, to sacrament gifts, we kind of think, oh, okay, a rosary, a Bible, maybe a statue of the patron, then you show up and the kid gets five rosaries. Oh, man. Or they... I know. So embarrassing. <laughs> or they already have a Bible, you know. So one outside of the box idea that I recently saw that sometimes like godparents will do or grandparents will do is they will purchase a nice nativity set, but they won't give all of the pieces to the child at once. So they'll give them pieces of it as they go through their sacraments. Or you could also just do this, you know, if you're like, um, well, it's kind of too late. Well, maybe over the next several years, you could give them to them on their anniversary of their baptism day or something like that as mm. a godparent. But you give them, you know, a different figurine for the nativity set. And then when they reach adulthood, they have a full set of like a full nativity scene to take with them into their adult life, which I think is really cool. And it's such yeah. a great hack because you don't have to think every single year, mm. what should I get them? You just have a special nativity set set aside somewhere and you pull out a piece and you wrap it up and then the kid can, you know, that'd be kind of fun. Like I got a shepherd this year, right? Yep. So <clears throat> that's a very you hack. That's great. I, I, love I it. thought that was fun. It's very long term, like uh-huh. over the Meaningful. many decades I, know. I have I'm, given you this I'm nativity already, set. If you have a godchild or if we have a godchild of yours, pretend like you didn't hear that because I might implement that. So, <laughs> all right. So time for number three. Moving on. Yeah, so this is things you might not know about the sacraments. Number three is the Catholic Church recognizes the baptism and the holy matrimony from other Christian churches. So they, they do this in almost every single instance. I think with baptism, 
the real need is to make sure that that baptism is done in the sign of the cross. And so for whatever reason, if you're in a Christian church and they don't make the sign of the cross over you as they baptize you, then it wouldn't be considered a baptism in the Catholic Church. Well, I think it's you an end in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, those yeah, words. Yeah, 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 those words uh, specifically. Um, so, you know, if that doesn't happen or if you're in another um, another church like the Mormon Church, who they are usually not considered uh, formally a Christian church, um, so they have a different understanding of the Trinity. And so even if they were to use that formula in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, they mean different things by those titles. Mm-hmm. And therefore it doesn't count as a, as a baptism. But in general, if you've been baptized in another um, Christian church and then you come into the Catholic church, it's not like you have to get rebaptized, or it's not like um, you have to get married again, but you, sh- you should have your marriage blessed by the Catholic church. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's not like, well, you weren't married. Sorry. <laughs> like, no, cause the covenant is made like between the spouses, they stand before God. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, that's what validates the sacrament. So then, yeah, but it's a good thing to get your marriage blessed if you become Catholic after you've been married. That's right. I've also heard crazy stories about like uh, baptisms in like California where they were baptizing, not to pick on California, but. <laughs> yeah, actually Australia was a big one with this as was well. Was it? Yeah, where yeah. they were baptizing in the name of the creator, the redeemer, and the sanctifier instead of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So those kids had to go, well, they weren't kids anymore, but they had to be rebaptized because it yeah. wasn't. Jesus specifically said, baptizing in the name of the Father, yeah. the Son, of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so even, yeah, even there are some Catholics who have to be baptized, not rebaptized because they were nev- never baptized to begin with. They yep. thought they were. So, And I love those because it's really specific. It's like, Jesus did say, baptize them in the name of the Father. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. we didn't make this up. We aren't just like trying to create rules. That is what he said, how to baptize, you know? Mm-hmm. He did institute it, and he instituted it particularly in this way. Yes. For sure. Cool. So Lisa, you want to give us number three, number four? Number four is that to be married or baptized in Lent, you'd have to get special permission. So Lent is a season of fasting and of sacrifice, and so it doesn't liturgically fit to have celebrations such as marriage and baptism during that time. And so it's a very rare thing if you've ever noticed. Like, you don't ever go to weddings in March when you're Catholic. <laughs> no February weddings, unless yeah. it's early February. Unless it's early February, yeah. Yeah, so it's very rare. So if you've ever wondered, like, why doesn't anybody get married in March? Like, because they can't. Like, unless there's an extenuating circumstance, I, you know, someone's deathly ill or something, and, the, you know, they're going to make an exception. But... Uh, both marriage and baptism. Same thing. If a child's going to die, right? Yeah. You're going to baptize the baby. But other than that, the church 99.9% of the time will tell you, all right, Easter season, joyful season, celebrating season. That's when we'll do these things. So that's yeah. why you also see a lot of like uh, February, early February Catholic weddings. It's like, I don't want to wait till after Lent. We're going to squeeze this in. <laughs> we definitely, we have friends up the block who did that. Oh, interesting. Nice. Cool. Well, our number five here of things you might know not know about the sacraments, it's possible for men to receive all seven sacraments. And the reason why is because men can receive holy orders, which is one of the, the seven, and women can't. So there's no opportunity there. Now, somebody could get married and their spouse dies, and then they, during the priesthood, so that would be one way a guy could receive all seven sacraments. Um, and then also our, our Byzantine friends, who some have like different they rules, get all the special yeah. stuff, and they help us realize like the different history of the church and different forms, and it, it, 
I think it's so healthy and, and really good. But also, um, yeah, many of those guys, if they get married before they become priests, then they can be married priests. Um, but if they get become priests, once they become priests, they can't get married. Or I think remarried. And I didn't know this, but deacons mm-hmm. who also receive holy orders cannot be re- cannot get remarried after they become a deacon. Yeah. Yeah, which is a big deal for some men because, you know, if they have really young kids and they're mm-hmm. thinking, I want to be a deacon, but, you know, what if my wife were to pass away? Like, that kind of delays. That's why you you don't see, I think one of the reasons you don't see very many young deacons is because there is that thought in their mind, I couldn't get remarried again. And that might be a really big challenge to be a single dad and yeah. um, have young kids who need a mother. So Yeah, it just doesn't seem to add up. Is de- de- To be a deacon, is it 35, 45? I feel like it's 35. Oh, yeah, that's right. I guess there's an age thing too. Yeah, but even, I mean, uh, yeah, 35 <gasps> seems super... So at the end of this week, Kevin turns 35. You can start praying about becoming a deacon. And by end of this week, we 35. mean the week before. We mean the two days before because this episode will come out on Monday. My birthday oh, yeah, is yeah. the Saturday previous to that. But yes. You can retroactively wish Kevin a happy birthday last Saturday. And encourage me to be a deacon. Now, I don't have any yeah. desire to become a deacon, especially this early. But uh, overall, not. But yeah, it's interesting. I think that'd be really hard to make that decision at It would this be. Age. It's a huge factor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and yeah, that's why a lot of deacons you see like their kids are their adult children are grown, you know, their children are adult children. Yeah, are grown. of course we're talking about transitional or permanent deacons, not transitional deacons. Yes, because seminarians, yeah, they'll yeah. become deacons and then priests because they are transitional deacons for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's actually quite easy if you're a guy to get all seven sacraments if you want them. <laughs> I would say quite easy. easy yeah, you but, kind of know but, easy. I mean, it's, it's not like crazy. It's not like my wife has to die. And then yeah, it's not like this crazy circumstance. Yes. Yeah. Maybe not quite easy, but yeah. Yeah, and you'll also see married priests in the Catholic Church occasionally because they converted from uh, another priesthood, like another, um, is it Episcopal Anglican? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's Anglican, which is the Church of England. Mm-hmm. Episcopal is the American Church of the Church of England. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyways, but yes, we recognize their uh, bishops. Mm-hmm. As bishops and their priests as priests. Now, we don't like recognize their teaching authority necessarily because they're not in union with the Pope, but we understand that holy orders has been passed down through their priesthood. And so when those uh, folks have conversions to Catholicism, we recognize that they've already been made priests. And so they don't need to like go through ordination again, similar to the baptism that we talked about earlier. And some of those guys are married. So then it's boom, married priest. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, we have two, is it two of our focus chaplains? Two of our focus chaplains. We have four, I think we're down to, maybe we've had five this year, and I guess we're down to four, but two of them are married priests who converted from being Episcopal. It's kind of crazy. It is, it like throws people for a yeah. loop. You know, it's like one yeah. of those things where we're like, wait, what? Your like, wife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. It just throws the whole equal, equal, equilibrium off. It does. I did it. Good. Lisa, number six. Yes. Number six is that the sacraments are where God touches us. And this is another one of those mysterious ones, part of the mystery of how, how does this happen again? Like, that's pretty crazy. Um, But you know, the sacraments, God, when he came, when Jesus came on to earth, incarnate man, right? He didn't come and then say, okay, peace out. Um, Like, I'll be with you spiritually, quote unquote, like, you know, like my memory will be with you. No, like he's like, no, I will be with you. Like 
I will really, like, I'm going to be here. You're not going to see me walking around, but I'm going to be here with you. And the sacraments is how he's with us. Mm. It's where he comes to us and touches us, where God can be with us, which is all he's ever wanted. All of salvation history is just God trying to figure out how can I be with my people again. Mm-hmm. So, it, for example, like in the Eucharist, like we reenact the Last Supper, like we're there. Like reenact isn't even right the word, isn't you know, technically the right word, but like we're there with Jesus at the last supper and we get to touch and consume the body of Christ. Like God comes to be with us, meet us in that sacrament and the anointing of the sick. Like we are the hemorrhaging woman who's reaching out to touch the cloth of Christ to be healed. Like he didn't come just to heal people when he was walking this earth. No, he came to heal and to touch us. Even to this day, he wants to be with us in that way or in confession, right? Like we're the woman at the well who he says, your sins are forgiven. He didn't just come to, forgive sins while he was here on earth. No, he wanted to always be able to forgive our sins in a real and tangible way. And he does that through the sacrament of confession and confirmation, right? Like the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost. Well, it comes down on us like Pentecost. Mm-hmm. It's as if we're there at Pentecost, we are being touched by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is coming to us. So we, we, we need to remember that these aren't just like rituals. It's not like just tradition for the sake of tradition. Cause as Catholics, we like repetition or we like rituals or you know we're some secret society who has handshakes like <laughs> like there's so i love much. handshakes so <laughs> yeah like they we're not just like going through motions like the this represents a spiritual reality that we can't see mm-hmm. but that is very much present and they re they represent they represent so much more than what just our eyes see and it's god coming down to be present with us to pour his grace out on us and to be with us. This is how he comes to be with us is through the sacraments. And this is the the genius of Catholicism. I feel like I should say that in an Australian accent like Matthew Kelly, but I, <laughs> uh, that, that I think as humans, we need things that we can touch mm-hmm. and feel and say, this is what that's like. It's one thing to say, sorry to God. And it just feels like you're speaking into like a vast space and void of, you know, time. It's another thing to have someone like the priest who actually represents Christ and stands in his place and says, you are forgiven, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, that's what it's like for Jesus to forgive me. I feel that forgiveness. And, and I think, um, when we dive into those sacraments, when we allow ourselves to have that presence and to realize that we're giving ourselves over and Jesus is there to give himself to us in a very real, tangible felt way that's where the sacraments come alive and that's where they become, yeah, just amazing moments and experiences in our life. Yep. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, close with our how to challenge here to help us more practically recognize the importance of these days that change our lives. And our last how to challenge of the season, it is truly look at your sacramental dates and to put them on your calendar. These are amazing moments, especially those initiation ones. So when were you baptized? Um, when were you confirmed? When did when did you receive your first communion? And just to to recognize how special those moments are that they were then, but now as we live them out today as well. This is a very Pope Francis thing to do. When he preaches on baptism, he says, "Okay, Hugh, he's done this before. Raise your hand if you know the day you're baptized." He says, "You need to go home and write that date down because that is the day in which you became a son or a daughter of God that you were invited into His family." And uh, really take the moments to put those in your calendar and to know uh, that God does that. And I want to do that today as well because it's not my calendar currently. Really? Really? I have all of our baptism dates. Yours is, I think, June 13th. 
Wow. I know. No one surprised Lisa Kyle. Best life ever. No one surprised. So that is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening in this season. Please don't forget to head to the show notes to get the link for the survey. If you fill it out, you could win $20 to Amazon. Do it. Do it. And if you want to connect with us, our email is hello at madetomagnify.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or Lisa Ann Cotter and with no E. As always, if you enjoyed this show, please giving give it a rating on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions, and tell a friend. It helps us get the word out about how to Catholic. Until next month, be saints. It's worth it. <laughs>